HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska Seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. I'm HRN Communications Director Kat Johnson with a preview of this week's episode of Meat in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup. This week, we're focusing on water. You'll hear some disturbing news from an NYC investigative reporter. Here lies the problem, how much we don't know about water tanks. Katie Kiefer reports on water woes in the heartland. Their water is heavily polluted with nitrates, which are coming from agricultural chemical applications on fields and running off into their water table. And we'll check in with Dave Arnold, who's about to open a new bar that will serve some pretty fancy H2O. It is hardcore. So pour up a tall glass of ice water and be refreshed by this week's episode of Meat in 3, available on heritageradionetwork.org, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you going out to dinner tonight and want to find a restaurant that's using beautiful, locally farmed, sustainable ingredients? How do you know? Well, like everything else, there's an app for that. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. If you're tuning in today, you're listening to Tech Bites, the weekly show where we talk to influencers and innovators in the food tech space. Maybe you're listening because you have a food tech startup. Are you a founder with a new business? And maybe you're looking for some venture capital. Who's not looking for venture capital? We are doing a special pitch show on June 14th here at Tech Bytes. We will have two food tech startups pitching live to Charlie O'Donnell, who is the founder of Brooklyn Bridge Ventures. If you are a New York City-based food tech startup and you are pre-750K investment and you are available to be in the live broadcast of the show, Email us your pitch deck for consideration to techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org, and maybe you can be on the radio. But today, we have a totally different startup thing happening, um, but also a little bit of pitching. We have with us today, all the way from Washington, D.C., Vanessa Farragut, who is the founder of an app called Green Ease. 
Vanessa, thank you for coming up to visit. Thank you for having me. And as many of you know, who are regular listeners to the show, I always have a conversation before the show with all of my guests. And the food tech space and the startup space is very much one that is about uh, advisors and mentors and connectivity and sort of uh, it's it's a very generous space with people looking to help connect people to opportunity and things that they need. And when Vanessa and I were on the phone, I asked her, what is the thing that you need to take Green East to the next level? And she said very quickly, a James Beard award-winning chef. And that was so specific and so interesting <laughs> that when I was um, putting together the show, I thought maybe we can find a James Beard award-winning chef to come and speak with her. So joining us today, we are very happy to have Marcus Glocker, who is chef and partner of the 2015 James Beard Award winner for Best New Restaurant in America, Batard Tribeca. Marcus, thank you for coming. Of course, thank you for having me. And seated with him, we have his um, unindicted co-conspirator, John Winterman, who's the managing partner of Batard. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for coming. So this is going to be a great show because Vanessa <clears throat> is going to get to talk to um, the Batard team about her app and using her app as a platform to connect to potential customers. But before we do that, we will start the show like we start every show, talking about apps. I'm looking at Vanessa. The rule here is that you cannot talk about an app that you own, invest in, or have created. Do you have a, a, a non-Green Ease app that you like right now? Yeah, so I discovered a little while ago something called Stash. And I'm, you know, it's all about putting money away. And what's great about this is it's, it's, very, it's a very approachable app. And I've recently just bought shares in Tesla and Apple and Amazon. A lot of products that I use, well, maybe not a Tesla, of course, but a lot of the products that I use and I as a consumer give them my money, I'm now actually able to invest a little bit at a time. And so this app takes like $100 out a month and invests it in all of these um, real, live, publicly traded companies. And it's great. You can actually see your money growing. Every time I open the app, it's like, you're up a couple hundred dollars this week. And I'm like, yes. And it's easy. It's very approachable and easy for anybody to use. And what's the, uh, is there a fee or a service charge or how does it work? I think it's, it's, a, it's like a dollar a month. If you, if you're, whatever you invest in is under $5,000, I believe after $5,000, they do start taking like a very, very, very small percentage as that fee, but I'm not at 5,000 yet. So I think I'm paying like a dollar a month, which is worth it. It's fun. So you're riding the wave of watching your money grow. You yeah. haven't, you haven't hit a bump of watching it well, get I will, smaller yet. Well, I will say um, a little while ago when Trump, I think he criticized Amazon and all the stocks dropped. I went in and immediately I just threw another $500 in there. And from that, like with the lower, all the stock dropped, so I was able to buy more. And then I very quickly saw it go up three, four days later. So it was really fun to play with it that way. Um, and yeah, just kind of getting educated on, on what's going on in the market today. Does it make it less real, less, less like real money because it's an app? Is it sort of because it's gamified a little bit? Are you conscientious of the fact that it's real money? Yes and no. I think because I'm only putting like $100 in, I know I'm not breaking the bank. So I know that if it drops a little bit, I'm not having these heart palpitations going, oh my God, I just lost my retirement. Um, so it's, it's fun in that. It's kind of, it is kind of like monopoly money. You're just only putting a little bit in, but 
you get really excited when you see it going up. Like even if this week I made only $50, that was $50 I made doing absolutely nothing. You know, so okay. I thought it was pretty cool. Stash. Mm-hmm. There we go. Very nice. John, do you have an app that you like right now? Something you use all the time? Maybe an old favorite? Um, new one? I don't use a lot of apps, but I do use Spotify quite often, okay. actually. Um, and I've gotten into exploring that a little bit more, especially uh, at Petard. We, I have an, an old receiver, but we have an iPhone plugged into it. And we do, um, to please Marcus, of course, we play a lot of uh, boppy-type jazz in, early in the evening. <laughs> Marcus um, is a jazz guy. So it's yeah, it's fun to uh, to go through and find different playlists, and sometimes you get surprised where you don't realize a song fits into that category. So I'm, I'm looking around last night. I'm like, why does this sound like country music suddenly? But um, <laughs> yeah, Spotify is one I use quite often. So. Well, you will be happy to know that the entire Heritage Radio Network lineup is available on Spotify when they started doing podcasts. We're, we're going to play this uh, interview over then and over <laughs> and over right. again. You can just put it on loop. Right. Marcus, do you have an app that you like right now? Um, in general, like in, I mean, chefs normally don't use that many apps, I think, in the kitchen, especially when you're working in the kitchen. But uh, my two uh, apps are most, uh, I use the most is probably Uber and uh, OpenTable, since if the cover count goes up, I jump in an Uber and make sure you're going to be there early to uh, be in the kitchen and uh, prep. Um, you know, uh, for a chef, I, I think it's, uh, it's a little bit different since we are in the kitchen. Uh, the emailing the phone, the use of the phone in the kitchen is sort of, when I came up in the kitchen, a, a different uh, a subject than it is now, absolutely. Um, uh, people use their phones in the kitchen, chefs using the, uh, the phone constantly in the kitchen. So that is definitely something you have to get used to, and uh, that's something with is in connection with uh, all the apps as well, which we use. Do you feel like you want to have a no phone in the kitchen rule? Do you feel like you could curb that? Do you want people to use it less? Is it just the state of the world? I mean, do, do the interesting thing is that the, you know, because you, uh, I wouldn't want to use my phone in the kitchen to a certain extent because of all the potential water and the falling and it's, you know, all that kind of stuff in your hands. But I guess if that was my office and I was in the kitchen, you know, 12 hours a day, I would probably want to use my phone. Absolutely, and I think uh, there's so many things to do on the phone, even in the kitchen, recipes, screenshots. I mean, uh, people work with the phone uh, to Taking execute notes. recipes and okay. having their notes on the phone. Uh, ask me five years or ten years ago, I would have uh, gone ballistic in the kitchen because I, I see somebody with the phone. Uh, now it's uh, totally appreciated because even for me, I'm going to say, uh, do you have the recipe somewhere? It's not like opening a folder. It's like, here, chef, it's right there. Uh, that's what we discussed, and that's uh, sort of... A positive thing. Interesting. Yep. The the evolution of things in the kitchen. Absolutely. Well, maybe now because it's more useful. I think maybe when we first got mobile phones and things like that, it was people just texting and making phone calls. That's the difference, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here today to talk about the app Green Ease. And it's, it's very simple. Um, People are more and more interested in finding out where their food comes from. And that's not just in the grocery store and that's not just in the green market. People are more interested anytime they sit down to eat something where that's come from. Is it from a farm? Is it a local farm? Is it a sustainable farm? Is that sustainable seafood? Is this gluten free? Is the meat grass fed? So many things, so many questions. So it's becoming a little bit easier in the retail space to answer those questions. Um, it's becoming a little bit easier maybe in the fast casual space where you have chains of restaurants where they have economy of scale and they're you know, publishing information because one, they're legally obliged to, and two, 
they have economy of scale and, and they're interested in, in drawing consumers. But when we get into the fine dining space, when we get into the Michelin star space, how do you know which restaurants are using the best products? So I think an app like Green Ease, which is in very simple terms, uh, directory, you open it up, you it's populated with restaurants, you know, in a city or near your geography, and it has, you know, different listings of what they use. It lists, in some instances, the actual farms that they're purchasing from. You can then take a look at what the farms are. So it's wonderful. It's a nice um, directory focused around this, connecting restaurants and farms and people. And I think it's a very, very easy case to make why the public would love this. It's free. It's iOS. It's Android. It's right at your fingertips. I can see it being a big hit. Thank you. The flip side to the question is the farms and the restaurants, because the app only works if you have farms and restaurants. And the big question that we tried to answer here on the show on um, many episodes is, while we know it's great for consumers, is it great for restaurants? And I think that's probably why Vanessa said she needed a James Beard award-winning chef, because oftentimes when people think of a great idea for consumers... We don't necessarily talk too much about the restaurant folks who actually have to participate to create the platform that we're interested in. So this is one of those great um, focus group of two shows where Vanessa is going to have the opportunity to sort of make her pitch to John and Marcus. And then they are going to, you know, be the Michelin James Beard award winning team. And find, we'll find out if it's good for restaurants, too. So, Vanessa, take it away. Thank you. So um, I'll get started with talking a little bit about the market. So today's consumers, they're informed. They want to live healthier lives and they want to live longer, right? What we know about our farmers is that they want to grow food and they want to sell that food and they want to support their families. And what we know about restaurateurs and chefs is that they want to grow, a, they want to build a profitable and sustainable business. Business Like this is not brand new information. Um, So where I'm coming from, I'm an event planner by trade, a sustainable event planner. And for many years, I had the opportunity to work with a lot of chefs to help me minimize the environmental impact of my events. And I would push my chefs, say, organic, organic, organic. And I remember one chef who later on turned into an investor said to me, Vanessa, get over it. Stop with the organic. Local will always trump organic. So I did some research. I read all the books I could get my hands on, all the documentaries. And I started going to farmer's markets to buy more local um, subscribe to an at-home CSA program, which is where farms deliver once a week, a big box of local produce that they grow right there. But then when I went out to eat, I realized I don't know where to start. So where did I first start? I started at Yelp, and I typed in local. Well, if you know anything about Yelp, it searches the reviews. So the types of responses that I got were restaurants that were listed, such as, you know, the reviews said, great local dive bar, great place to meet the locals, great local beer on tap. And while I'm sure I will go to one of these places, that was not what I was looking for. And so I decided to embark and launch this app called Greenies. Greenies is a mobile app that connects consumers with restaurants that are buying from local or sustainable farms. Mobile app users can use the app to search for criteria such as grass-fed meat, sustainable seafood, organic, and, and more. And our goal is to create a transparent and approachable platform so our chefs can share where they're buying their food from, and consumers can start to learn about where their food comes from when they go out to eat. Conscientious, sustainable consumers, they vote with their dollars every day. And so what's really exciting is on Earth Day, just in April of this year, we relaunched the app, Nationwide App. We have about 2,000 restaurants listed on the app and 1,500 farms represented. 
And this summer, we're launching two very exciting pilot programs. The first one's called Greenies Business. It's a back-end software that's going to let our chefs be able to log in, push out specials on the app, update their farms, and also search for farm products soon. And on the flip side, farms are going to be able to log in, list those products they have available for sale, and verify who's buying from them. We're finally being able to give our farmers a voice on the app. Our second pilot that we're rolling out that I'm very excited about is a partnership with Edible DC Magazine. If you know the Edible communities of magazines, they're very integrated into what's happening with food. They love local chefs. They love local chefs doing things with local farmers. And they have a a wide reach. So we're, we're embarking on a partnership with them soon here too. Um, so with that, I will stop and open it up for some questions. You haven't told them how a restaurant gets on the site or what they have to do? Oh, or is there yeah. a fee? Is it free? Nope. How does so, it work? So restaurants, so a lot of this is crowdsourced. Um, so first we start with getting as much information. So Batard is on there and we have you listed as buying from Nyman Ranch. It's free to be on the app. Restaurants don't have to pay anything to be on there. We're just creating a platform for consumers to find you. We are pulling from Google's API, so consumers don't leave reviews on our app. It's all Google. So your website, your telephone number, all of your reviews are already pulled from Google. Um, The back-end software is also free for restaurants to go in, update their farms, and search for farm fresh good goods. Once you sign up, you are on a standard plan. So every month you can push out a special on the app. And what I mean by push out like a free special, imagine you want to bring people in for happy hour Monday through Wednesday. Like these are the slowest nights of the week. And you want to, you know, incentivize them, maybe saying like a free cheese and charcuterie platter with the purchase of a bottle of wine. You know your margins better than anybody else. So we're not here to dictate what, what we want you to give away on the app. But you push out that special and consumers right from the app can come in and redeem that. And from the back end dashboard, you can see how many specials you've pushed out, how many people have redeemed them. And as soon as they redeem them, we capture that information. They have the option to leave their email address that later on we share for you with you for your newsletters, for whatever, however else you want to reach these customers afterwards. So that you do get one free just to use the service. You do get like it's a freemium model is what they call it. You get one free special to push out and then if you want a second one or maybe you want to do a special a second or a third one then these are the tiered um price plans that the next one starts at 30 and then 45 and 60 up from there okay and what is it about a james beard award-winning chef that is appealing to you that you think is the key to the next level of your business you guys care like you care about the food that you're serving your consumers you care about the ingredients you care about the time it took to to make this. Um, you're not a chef at a TGI Fridays. <laughs> you know, you really are putting a lot of time and thought and passion behind this. And frankly, you're our target market because you care about the food, you care about the farmers, and you care about the communities that you're serving to. You're the ones that we want to partner with to get this out. Just to, to give you a little background about Batard, uh, when we opened uh, 2014, actually, and uh, John Winterman, myself, and uh, Trunia Parent, uh, who had the space for quite a while uh, down there. The initial idea was that we create a restaurant where we leave the bells and whistles, but use still the same ingredients, what I'm still buy from the same vendors as per se, or three mission star restaurant, two, one, uh, you name it. It's still the same products or ingredients we use, but we're not gonna put ourselves on a plate. So that being said as well, we're not charging the same prices either. Um, so 
for a restaurant like Batard, for example, to partner up with any app, uh, there's a certain amount of uh, margin. And we have about, John help me out there, we have about probably 10 emails a day uh, with people that are reaching out to us and uh, want to be part of our margin, I would say, um, to do numerous things for us. Um, and we all open for us and we, we, uh, we, we get back to them and you know, we, we really want to uh, uh, be up to date. But it is, though, a very difficult subject for, especially for Michelin-style restaurants or high-end restaurants. You're right, they care. They care a lot. Um, but the credibility, what's there is because of Michelin, it's because of uh, James Beard, uh, uh, numerous uh, publications. That makes us uh, credible for what we do. Um, but I still can't guarantee you in my restaurant that every ingredient I use is organic or is uh, locally sourced or those things. So to put this in one, one app and really put uh, as a mission star chef who cares a lot to uh, open yourself up to that and guarantee that we're using only those ingredients or, or most of that ingredients, it's a very difficult subject to uh, uh, agree as a chef to uh, deliver because we as mission star chefs or in that environment, we guarantee the guests because we have a mission star, because we are James Beard Award winners, uh, that we have a certain level of quality. And it comes without saying that we're going to buy the best ingredients there are or to, to, to make sure this uh, mission star is sustained or this publication uh, comes back and, and rates us, uh, we'll be happy with what we do. And uh, that's sort of the circle of, of a restaurant. It might be a little bit on the, on the old school side because uh, uh, when I came up in the restaurant business, it was more about uh, uh, those public publications. Um, but it's uh, the switch is now, and uh, times have changed, and it's it's interesting for for us to to jump on that wagon to to be a part of that. How we're gonna do it? Um, I'm not 100 percent aware of that yet, but uh, it is a subject for us, which the chefs have to think about. So it sounds like I'm hearing two separate points about or questions that you would maybe have about participating in something like this. The first one is simply how many platforms, how many services, how many communities, how many networks does the restaurant have the bandwidth, time, and money to participate in? The, Absolutely. The better rated you are, the more offers you get, the more people want you on their sites. So the restaurant has a limited amount of time and money. How do you decide which one of the, I don't, I don't know how many apps and services we've had on this show alone you go with. So that's one piece of it. And then the second piece of it sounds like, um, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, face and beauty products and things like that. And a couple years ago, I made an ardent shift to try and use things that were all natural and all organic whenever possible. And what you said is very interesting. It's not that you don't use the best things you can possibly find. But if I'm looking at two, you know, face creams and one says, you know, made with, you know, natural and organic ingredients and the other one says 93% organic, I'm going to say, well, what's happening with that other 7%? That's what's correct. the other 7%? So it's an interesting idea that I think you raise, which is as soon as you put a stake in the ground to say we do this with this portion of things, the natural second question is, well, what do you do with the rest of it? Absolutely. But at the same time, are you looking at the brand? Right. Are you looking at the small print? Right. Mm -hmm. And when you go on the shelf, you're probably going to just 
because you're familiar with that specific brand and you trust that brand, uh, you don't even look at a small print. And I think that's a, a valid point at, at the restaurants too. Established restaurants, uh, I'll tell you a quick story about 2008, my first time I went to Per Se. Every ingredient was listed on the menu. It was my, one of my most amazing dining experiences I ever had. And I remember this uh, today. I mean, there was Elysium Farm uh, lamb on there, and every meat was sourced from a special farm. Everything was written on there. And this was sort of uh, uh, mind-blowing for me because I was uh, so impressed by it. Uh, now, people purposely don't write uh, certain things on the menu anymore because... Uh, it's their brand. They should be known for that anyway. They should not uh, express them uh, their, their their feelings about any single product they're gonna use on the menu. It's the brand. This is the chef. The chef is uh, his cre credibility speaks for itself, and they know it is going to be good. On the other side, though, I have to say, which I think is a big thing, is how many ingredients a chef uses on the plate. And this comes probably on the service side for John Winterman as well. How many guests are gonna ask you? on a daily basis uh, what's in each dish. So even if I have three ingredients on the plate, the technique behind uh, what I use probably have 20 or, or so in there. Um, a waiter goes to the table and people are going to ask him that the waiter probably is going to be there for about 10 minutes just to explain uh, three dishes each, which I think is sometimes uh, uh, really extensive before you get the order in. Uh, so the, between the 10 minutes of, exactly. of the waiter explaining all of the so, ingredients and then added on top of that, how many minutes for people to take photos for Instagram? What are you talking right. about? An extra 20 minutes on each drop? Yeah, I think if there's a dissertation at the table uh, about the, the name of the cow and the, the name of the farm and how far away and locally sourced and green market and all this stuff, it first of all, we don't have that many people asking about it. Uh, very specifically. They ask more about the nature of the dish. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? But very few people ask us, uh, what farm is this from? Um, Do you think that's because of what Marcus said? They trust the, the brand and the accolades of the restaurant that once they're seated, they just don't have to worry about those kinds of things anymore? I think part of that plays into it. Um, I, I sort of want to backtrack a little bit because we've been throwing the word local around and Marcus and I discussed this, um, about two days ago, like, I, I don't know if this is the form to define what local means, but, um, you know, one of the things we just mentioned was Nyman Ranch, which it isn't exactly local. Um, you know, when we go to the green market or Marcus goes to the green market, the, the, the produce isn't being grown anywhere near Tribeca. So they're, it's coming in from 50 miles away, a hundred miles away. Um, when tomato season comes in, you know, these guys are coming from farms uh, down at the end of Long Island or into Pennsylvania. Um, so, I like to use the word regional a little bit more than local because our product comes in a lot of it from the Northeast, um, which does minimize, uh, I guess, some of the environmental impact of transporting the produce. But um, local is such a, a, almost like an empty word right now to use when it comes to where our food product is coming from. Um, and the other thing I, I wanted to address too with the, the app would be, um, you know, a lot of restaurants have to use like uh, tomatoes year round. And when we get the great heirloom tomatoes in August, that's uh, something we can get at the market. We can feature as like a pure product, but for a maybe lot, a month. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of the restaurants though have to use the tomatoes, uh, especially like in in sauces and stocks and things like that. Uh, and those uh, obviously are not necessarily grown in New York State or uh, any time in February. So those still have to come from somewhere. And uh, places that rely on those 
aren't necessarily going to, while they may be local and sustainable in, in their philosophy, can't adjust their entire menu and don't have the luxury of like you know, Blue Hill um, to change and, and, and revert to a completely different menu in January and February. There's also hydroponic, which is a totally different thing, which is indoors and no season. That's um, true. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then we, when we come back, we're going to hear more from Vanessa about the, the different aspects of the Green Ease app. Right now, we're going to hear from who the amazing sponsor is of this show. Did you know that Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit? We're kind of like public radio. We're kind of like a cultural entity that people love and support through membership, grants, donations, and underwriting. Without them, we would not be able to keep the lights on and the mics hot. So stay with us while we hear from our amazing sponsors. Think about what it takes to swim a coastline longer than the entire eastern seaboard and leap tall waterfalls in a single bound. What does it take to survive 200 feet deep in icy saltwater? What would you be made of? Wild Alaska seafood is made of tight muscle mass, long chain omega-3s, and incredible micronutrients. It matters where your food comes from. Experience the flavor of the fittest in every bite and enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. Ask for Alaska on the menu, grocery store, or smart device. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. Today, that intersection is an app called GreenEase. If you're interested in downloading it or finding out more about it, go to GreenEase, G-R-E-E-N-E-A-S-E dot co, C-O. It's available for free on iOS and Android. If you want to follow along on social media, at GreenEase app, A-P-P. And if you're interested in following founder Vanessa Farragut, she is at V-K-F-E-R-R-A-G-U-T. Today, we are happy to have a focus group of two, our James Beard award-winning Michelin star team from Batard Tribeca. If you want to uh, experience firsthand um, the amazing food and uh, front-of-the-house stylings, you can find out more about it at batardtribeca.com. That's B-A-T-A-R-D, tribeca.com. Follow them on social media at Batard New York. If you want to follow Chef Marcus Glocker, he is at, very easy, Marcus Glocker, M-A-R-K-U-S-G-L-O-C-K-E-R. And John Winterman is at John Winterman, J-O-H-N-W-I-N-T-E-R-M-A-N. It is worth noting that Monday evenings at Batard is BYOB, and they appreciate you bringing in beautiful bottles with no corkage. And they will also be participating in this year's Restaurant Week, July 23rd to August 17th. I believe reservations for that open up officially on July 9th. 
So this is good. I like these episodes where people can actually go in and experience things firsthand because most of the restaurant tech and food tech that we talk about is all about technology to drive people to an amazing real life experience. So Vanessa, um, some interesting points here that they raise about you know, the point of view. It sounds like the thing that makes a James Beard award-winning chef uh, so interesting might actually be the thing that is a little bit of a barrier to them being on the app. Sure. So I want to just tell one very quick story. One of our um, co-founders, he's a chef in D.C., Italian restaurant, and we were talking once, and he said, Vanessa, I can't or buy everything local and, or regional or in the U.S. One time he got approached by a, a hog farm in Texas, and they're like, listen, we're, we're growing the same sort of hogs that they're pigs that they're growing in Italy blah 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 the, the same sort of prosciutto and even though he went to the farm and he visited them he loved he loved what they were doing he came back and he's like you know my prosciutto is prosciutto to Parma it's not prosciutto to Texas so things like that I, I absolutely understand and what we're not here we're not here to be the farm to table police if you're buying from two farms awesome list is on there we've got some restaurants buying from 10 farms some restaurants just buying from one farm it is we're giving the control to the consumer so they open up the app, they see the restaurant, they can click on farms and purveyors. All the farms are hyperlinked so they can see the farms that you're buying from. Now, if all your like all you have right now in your in your arsenal of farms is Nyman, um, which you're right, it's not I think they're actually most of the cooperatives I think are out in California, I believe. So we we're very big on local, regional, and what what our motto is is local and or sustainable. Um, so when I introduce the app, I do have to throw that in there because we got a lot of restaurants in D.C. who buy avocados from California. That is not local. That is not regional. But they really choose to buy from a domestic farmer um, rather than having things shipped in from Canada or Peru or overseas. Um, so and I, I, we do understand that buying round, year-round is not easy, and this is why we give you the software to be able to go in and update your farms as needed. Um, the, the control is really up to you. How many Let, farms do you want to put on there? Let me ask one question yeah. here. How do you verify a restaurant on your site who claims they use certain producers or farms that they actually do that? So this is why we're launching the uh, our new pilot this summer. We're going to open it up to our farms to do the verifying for us. So they'll be able to go in. They'll be able to verify if a, a chef or restaurant is buying from them, and they will be able to add additional restaurants that they sell to. Now, what's going to happen on the app is that as soon as that farm is verified, you'll see a little check mark show up next to the farm. In the event that, that they, they don't verify, we aren't necessarily going to take the farm off because one of the things I've seen in my own experience is that a lot of time chefs will go to the green market and just buy from somebody at the farm there. may not be the farmer himself. It may be an intern or somebody Absolutely. he's got working on his farm. So the farmer may not have realized that that interaction took place. So we're, we're going to leave it, and we are going to trust. The first year I worked on this product, we surveyed over 80 restaurants. Only one lied about where their food was coming from. I think that's a pretty good number, you know, in terms of that was it. And we didn't even make a big deal about it. We just took them off the app. Like, no drama. Just took them off the app quietly, kind of stepped away from that. And we're like, we're not even going to deal with this. Um, so, but we understand. So what we also do is on the app, people can recommend restaurants that are buying local. And if we go to the restaurant page, they don't list their farms or anything. We do still add them to the app. But when you go to the farms and purveyors tab, it'll say on there, this restaurant has not yet provided us their farm names. So we keep it really transparent and open. What, if, if I may, one more. Um, being from the front of the house. So if a consumer is on your app 
and they come across Batard and they like what we're doing. What's the next step for them? How do they book Batard? Do you have a link to your app to a reservation system or? Right now it goes right to their website. So right, goes right to we'd the love website. to work with OpenTable or Resi or Yelp reservations. Unfortunately, we're too small right now for them to, we're not at the critical mass needed for OpenTable to give us their API. They're very particular about what apps they allow to use their OpenTable reservation booking software. And not all restaurants are an OpenTable. Right. So we just have them go straight to the website. And the hours of operation are on there. All of the reviews are on there. Is a consumer. And also, there's a little spot at the bottom mm -hmm. where they can send us a direct message about the restaurant. Like, I went here. They bought nothing local. Ple you know, you may want to reconsider this. And that just comes directly to us. Right. There's no, and nothing publicly shared. So like a good host, I did my homework and downloaded the app so I could look at it. <laughs> and we have Batard, so you can look and see the listing if you want to. Yeah, what do we have? Let's see. I didn't click on it. My question to you, John, would be, um, because you are sort of doing the front of the house and, and those more you know, admin kind of things, how many requests a week do you get from different platforms and guides and communities and groups and apps and tech? About half a dozen, give half or take. Half a dozen? Yeah. How many platforms do you currently manage for the restaurant between delivery reservation listing uh, reservation we actually use uh, uh, open table guest center and then we're also on resi as well um, as far as i can tell that the major things people go through whether it's uh, yelp or google search or TripAdvisor, all have a link to the restaurant in some capacity um, beyond that i don't really manage too much of that because it's it's it, it almost becomes a full-time job that I don't have the time for to manage all of our listings so I go in and I update the big major ones as I said like Google TripAdvisor and beyond that I let it go um, and periodically I'll do some searches I, I found recently uh, through timeout they had some misinformation about our opening hours so I contacted them and adjusted that but you know right now we're uh, uh, you know two guys and and um a business partner and in 30 employees so I don't have we don't have somebody involved on a full-time basis to, to manage all of that for us it's a big job um, so if we're using another app like this we we would maybe clear out uh, not clear out but uh, uh, focus on using this app or being uh, a part of this app and, and and ignore a few other things right now so we can give this our attention so you it's a it's a game of balancing you have set you have finite Sounds like you have extremely finite resources, and so in order to onboard something, you have to offboard something else. For sure. Okay. Yeah. And also, just to mention, you just said you op you will update your Google account, your business. Mm -hmm. We pull from Google. Okay. So you don't have to update anything. The only thing you do is go in and add or remove a form, and if you want to push out a special, you do that. Right. And then that's it. And then as consumers come in. They redeem the special, and you can go in at any time and see how well that special did. Um, yeah, we, we aren't making this difficult, and we are working with a lot of, like, for example, one of, one of our chefs contacted us right from the app the other day. He actually emailed me through his own um, platform, his own page, and was like, hey, I'm the owner of this, uh, you know, 
of this restaurant I see him listed on here. I need to update my farms. I was like, great. And I sent him a login on how to get onto the Greenies business platform. Easy peasy. He, te- he emailed me back right away. He's like, this was the easiest thing I've ever used. Thank you. <laughs> I think like, you're welcome. And that's all. And because things are seasonal, we do understand that maybe you'll only be updating the app once or twice a year. You know, you might want to keep a, a farm on there for like six months and then just take it off or leave it on for the year. And if somebody asks, you could just say, hey, we actually just buy from them during the summertime. Um, yeah, we're trying to make it really easy. Just the, let people know that you're here. The ease of use is great because, you know, just like Marcus doesn't rely on me to come in and break down meat in the kitchen, I don't rely on him to, like, go through all the social media stuff. And, and Plus, uh, he doesn't really want to be on his phone in the kitchen anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. I want to, but I have he's, to. Because he's old school. <laughs> so, uh, with the ability to do specials and things like that, do those need to be in real time? Could a restaurant set something like that? sort of in perpetuity would the Monday evening BYOB no corkage um, event be something that they would set and you know that could be something that just percolates every single week or so it would actually be on all the time and it but we would put on there like valid Monday nights you know so at the very front be like Monday night BYOB zero corkage fee and then you just list everything that's included in that and then they can they can use the app to find you they can redeem it right there it doesn't really have to be redeemed because i think it's an ongoing thing but if you wanted to open up byob to like tuesdays or wednesday or other slower nights out of the week um that's something you can do too if you wanted to also so that one's free like you get one of those a month um if you wanted to later on start selling specials like let's say you want to do a dinner for two i know that your restaurant just does two three and four course meals Mm -hmm. maybe you want to do like something special for consumers on our app you can list that you don't pay anything for that the consumer buys it on the app we use stripe so once you set up your account on on greenies business you set up your stripe account if you have an existing stripe account you just click log in boom you're connected and you'll take up like you'll get greenies just takes two dollars out of that Stripe has a thirty percent, a thirty cent fixed fee. Plus, I think it's like a zero, like two like percent, and then you get the rest of that. Um, so this is just a way of marketing to the consumers that are downloading our app are the ones that are looking for farm to table favorites See, in the city. This is what I'm talking about because Marcus doesn't know we have a Stripe account. Oh, okay, so. yeah. <laughs> so this is why it's really great to actually talk to both the chef and the general manager. And I'm learning so much here because a lot of the times the first thing I do is I go to the chef. He's like, yes, I love our farms. I love what we're doing. I can't wait to share with you what we're up to. And then the general manager is like, wait, we need to get our balls, like like all of our ducks in a row before we can, we can work on this. I know we have a couple of minutes, but what's your main revenue stream then um so right now it is the deals and the um and the specials that people can push out the restaurants can push out so it's either going to be a free special where a consumer can come in and redeem that for something a giveaway like maybe a free dessert if they buy two entrees or something like mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. you 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 sort of dictate what that special is going to be and that's a free redeemable special and the second one is the dinner deals that they buy. Um, we're, we're working really hard right now with Edible DC mag- Magazine to launch this widely in Washington, D.C. And hopefully, if all goes well, the D.C. Com- uh, Edible communities are very close-knit, and they do share p- best practices. So it would be great for Edible Manhattan, Edible Brooklyn, to, to kind of hear about what we're doing, too, and be able to get the word out about what you're doing, what we're doing, to a community of people who really just want to support. If you love your community... Support small businesses. Small businesses are in turn supporting other small businesses. Like we're not talking chain restaurants. We're talking small businesses that are supporting other farmers, other purveyors, 
you know, you probably hired somebody local to build your tables or something like that, you know. So it's really more money is going into the community when you're supporting these smaller businesses. Well, the Drew Newport methodology of running restaurants is basically keep it to the walking radius of the triangle in Tribeca. And yeah. if you kind of can't, if you can't walk on premise in the afternoon while he's making his calls, it kind of doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> and we are going to be able to, we're going to be in the next couple of months also push notifications. So if you have a special going on and there are people within your within a few block radius of your restaurant, they'll get a ding. They'll get an alert saying, hey, come in for a free glass of wine and happy hour to, like, between 4 and 7 p.m., you know, yeah. on us, to get people in your door, to get them to buy, have that glass of wine and then buy the appetizer and then buy an entree or whatever it is. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we're, we're out of time. We always run out of time. I keep asking for more time, and they keep telling me no. <laughs> But before we absolutely completely run out of time, um, I have one question for Marcus. And again, I was doing, you know, uh, looking at all the menus and the pictures online at the Batard website. And I have to ask you, what is the Brunlandaise dish, which is for two? And it comes with truffle spatzel, champagne cabbage, and red wine sauce. I don't know what that is, but I feel like it's something I would want to order. It's a very simple chicken for two, but uh, the chicken itself is uh, is uh, very special. I mean, there's a Brunelandaise uh, is actually a region in France where they grow these uh, chickens normally, and uh, the average of uh, uh, slaughtering a chicken uh, these uh, day and age is about thirty-five to forty days, um, and they uh, grow it or let it live till about eighty to almost a uh, hundred and ten days. And obviously the chicken gets more matured, uh, the bone structure is very, very different, obviously the flavor as well. And we just get this chicken in, we brine it, we take the legs off, we make a little roulade out, out of the leg, poach that, and uh, roast the chicken breast on the crown, and serve it with a classic spatzler, which is finished with truffle and champagne cabbage, uh, as my mom used to make basically, without champagne obviously. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's sort of a dish, and this is exactly what uh, Batard is all about. The best ingredient. Um, we take we take ourselves not too seriously uh, how we uh, arrange everything on the plate. It's really about the product itself. The flavor has to be there, um, and uh, the rest happens in the dining room. And this is a, an example of a dish, I would say, which really reflects us. So I was right. It is something that I want to order, <laughs> which I'll have to do the next time I go in. I want to thank Vanessa Farragut, the founder of Green Ease, the app for finding farm-to-table restaurants for coming up from Washington, D.C. I want to thank Chef Marcus Glocker and managing partner John Winterman of Batar Tribeca, our James Beard award-winning Michelin-starred focus group of two. Thank you for coming on. Thank it's always wonderful us. to have actual restaurant people talk about these things versus my hypothetical restaurant point of view. If you like the show, come back and listen every Thursday at 11 a.m. If you love it, go to iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify, subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review. If you can't live without it, go to heritageradionetwork.org, click on the beating heart, make a donation, maybe what you spent on coffee today. If you designate your donation to Tech Bytes, I will give you a shout-out on the air and my undying love. Tech Bytes is produced by me, Jennifer Leutzi. It is engineered by Vitor Hirsch. Our theme song is by DJ Uptown Nico. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.
Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.